0: Welcome to the BSN Nuggets Podcast, presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription, that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees, literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, over the next few weeks, you get up Nuggets and Jazz at Pepsi Center, Beer Flights at Prost Brewing. Avs versus Predators, CU versus Washington State, countless comedy shows that comedy works. There's literally something for everyone. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that Inwego can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We've partnered with Inwego to give BSN listeners a great deal. If you go to Inwego.com/BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks. During your first month, try it and I guarantee you, you're going to fall in love with it. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. It's
1: fun. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego
0: joined by special guest Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in L.A. (laughs) Coaches will get testy (laughs) with officials, but to run out onto the court and cut him off, I've never seen that before.
2: You should have taken a charge on him.
0: (laughs) A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing. And I knew right away that he was
1: going to be good. He was making great passes and hit reads and stuff like that. And I said, this kid's going to be good. He turns out to be a star. He has a great upside to him. and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark.
0: As always, the BSN Nuggets podcast is presented by InWigo. The subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Win, Christian Clark here. Technically our Monday edition of the show. Recording late night from Pepsi Center on the heels of this latest Nuggets win. 116-111 over the Pelicans. The Nuggets are now 5-1 and one on the season. 4-0 oh at home. We've been right about a lot of things so far this season. We knew they'd be dangerous at home and, and really good at home. They have been so far.
2: What's one of your biggest takeaways from tonight? Good win, I think, uh, because the mood in the Nuggets locker room after this game was pretty subdued. It, it it almost felt like the mood, you know, after losses. We've we've been in there so much. It it felt more like a, a loss than a win. Really, guys weren't exactly ecstatic. I, I mean, the Nuggets. The, this game was so much closer than it should have been. The right. Nuggets got this lead up to 18 points in the third quarter. Their lead got down to two points um, in the fourth quarter. There were some nervous moments late, but they pulled it out. I mean, I, I think you know Denver felt conflicted uh, about this game because uh, they didn't play particularly well on offense. But on the other hand, it, it still showed signs of growth because last year this might have been one of the games that they just dropped.
0: Yeah, it could have been for sure. You think back to a lot of those bad losses last season, this kind of followed a particular theme. No Anthony Davis for the Pelicans, no Alfred Payton. They had a couple other role players out, so they were undermanned, but yeah, Denver let, well. they really went a long way to putting them away in the uh, times at the first half, at times in the second half, but they hung around, came back, and made it a little bit interesting late, but Yes, it's probably a step back for Denver for sure coming off that Lakers loss where they at times played pretty well. They probably should have won that game in LA, but I think a step back maybe on both ends of the floor. I mean, defensively, we knew their defense was going to regress from that league leading defense that they fielded over those first few games of the season. They're still, what, top five in defense, but I think we know that's going to be regressing probably back to around a league average rate over the next few weeks. And then offensively, they put up 116 points. It wasn't pretty, though. And a big takeaway I've got from tonight is we kind of just have to get used to the Nuggets winning games like this, I feel like, winning games without their offense looking as clean and as crisp as it did a year ago. I mean, another game tonight where the Nuggets shoot really poorly from three. They were 11 of 35. That's 31.5%. That's another performance where they've shot under 34% from three, and they've only shot better than 34% from three as a team in one game, and that's been against the Sacramento Kings. So I think tonight followed a similar script to a lot of these Nuggets games so far this year in the sense that the offense it doesn't look
2: as pretty as it did last year, um, but maybe we just have to get used to that. Here's a stat for you. The Nuggets shot 45.2% from the field Monday. The Pelicans shot 52.4%. It was the fourth time this season the Nuggets have been outshot. They were 4-0 and in those games. Yeah. That's pretty remarkable. Here's another stat for you.
0: Clay Thompson hit 14 threes tonight. The most threes the Nuggets have <laughs> hit in a game this year is eleven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man. You know, I think the Nuggets offensive issues right now um I, I'm seeing two main things. And two main things on Monday night. Number one is they they're just not going to be as good a- as they were offensively with Will Barton. I mean, they're Without hurting Will Barton, right? Yeah, they're hurting with Tory Craig in there at small forward. Tory just doesn't have a whole lot of confidence in his jump shot right now. I, I don't think um, I don't, he didn't make any threes in this game against the Pelicans. He's he st- took
0: them, though. He was wide open. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. In, in his last four games, he started all of them. Craig's two for twelve from three point range. He scored a grand total of sixteen points in eighty five minutes in those games. We saw LeBron James just completely ignoring Craig in that Lakers game and playing all free safety. So I, I think that's you know one of the major issues for Denver right now, and and I think that's one that pretty much everyone can see.
0: Definitely. The starting lineup with Craig, the Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Torrey Craig, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic starting lineup played nine minutes tonight. They were outscored by seven points. They really struggled on the offensive end, just shot five of 13 when that group of five was out there, just shot one of seven from three when that group was out there. So it was an ugly night for that group and yeah I think the biggest reason why is probably the absence of Will Barton there he's such a big part of what this team does on the offensive end of the floor he's a shot maker he's a shot creator he can play out of the pick and roll play and pick and pop get out in transition most of all the defense has to respect his jumper and that's not something they have to do with Torrey Craig and It's not something they've been doing with Paul Millsap, although Paul did hit a couple threes tonight, which was a really positive sign.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a a step in the right direction for Millsap. And the thing with Craig, too, is, you know, I think he could be doing a a little better job of some timely cuts and, and just attacking you know, closeouts off the dribble. I guess he's not getting hard closeouts right now because he's not making a whole lot, but he's not really a threat off the dribble either. I mean, he's just not got a whole lot going on offensively right now. Michael Malone, by the way, uh, you asked him after this game, you know, do you think about making any changes to the starting lineup? He said, no, we're 5-1. and one. They're, they're going to go with Torrey in that game against Chicago. So, look, I, we can all see Torrey Craig is struggling right now. We can all see the negative impact that that's having on the Nuggets offense.
0: I did ask Malone if he would think about altering his starting lineup because in the second half it was the Malik Beasley show. And like I mentioned, Torrey Craig started this game. Malik Beasley came on for him at around the 10 minute mark of the third quarter and went on to play all but four seconds of the rest of the second half. And Played really well. He was on the floor in high leverage situations late in games. And like I mentioned, he was closing the game for Craig alongside the starters. And Beasley finished with 12 points, 5 9 shooting, hit a couple threes, 6 rebounds. He was a plus 10. That was a team high plus 10. It was the second straight game where he's been the best plus minus guy on the Nuggets that Laker loss and tonight's win. And I felt like offensively, things moved a lot cleaner. Things flowed a bit more with Beasley out on the floor with those starters. And so I thought, you know, maybe because they kind of turned things on the second half. When Malik Beasley came in in the start of the third quarter, they went on an immediate 7-0 run. And then New Orleans kind of worked their way back. And then Denver was obviously able to close things out down the stretch. Beasley had five straight points with under four minutes ago when Denver was really needing some offense so I thought maybe that might be a direction the Nuggets go but I guess not Michael Malone saying that Torrey Craig is going to start in Chicago on Wednesday what do you think about that do you think it's something they should look at inserting Malik Beasley in there
2: yeah I think it is something that they should look at but I mean I don't I don't blame Michael Malone at all for wanting to continue you know throwing Torrey Craig in there you know I I think that one way to, you know, not damage a guy's confidence even further is to show that belief by keeping him in the starting lineup. I mean I, I think if you yanked him out, I mean maybe that could hurt hurt Torrey's confidence even more. And like Michael Mullen said too, the Nuggets are winning. Um so as long as they keep winning, I don't think you're gonna see any changes to the starting lineup. I think it's probably gonna take losing for, for there to be changes. Um and that's fine. I mean, if that's a coach's like, policy, I'm totally fine with that. I can understand that. Um, yeah, I,
0: I totally agree. If they had lost this game coming off the heels of that Lakers loss, I'd say, yeah, maybe you need to switch things up because what you're throwing out there on the offensive end in that starting group is just not working. But, look, they're 5-1. and one. I don't think anybody expected them to be 5-1. and one. Even me. Who said they were gonna start ten and five. I was not predicting a five and one record through six games. I didn't think they'd beat the Warriors. I'm not even sure I had the Clippers game on opening night marked down as a win. So I can't blame Michael Mullen for not looking to mix things up. I do think it's something they you know should maybe look at. Maybe that's your first sub of the game against Chicago. Maybe you take Torrey Craig out at the eight-minute mark, insert Malik Beasley, see if you can recreate some of that same magic that you had here on Monday.
2: Yeah, we know that Nuggets coaches stressed all summer to Malik Beasley, you know, the necessity to play under-control basketball. I really think we've seen that from Malik Beasley so far in the early going. He didn't get in that Lakers game until late in the third quarter, but he was really good in that game, and this game against the Pelicans uh, played... 31 and a half minutes. That's that's a lot of minutes from really Beasley. Um, he was out there virtually all of the second half. Michael Malone um, went to Beasley like two minutes into the third quarter in place of Torrey Craig. And like you said, Beasley really turned this game. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job on ball defense. He, he did have one closeout where it was, it was just a blow by, and that was not a nice moment for him. But I, I thought overall he did a nice job on the defensive end. I mean... Offensively, he's doing exactly what the Nuggets coaches are asking. Take the open threes when they're there. Don't disrupt the flow of the offense. And Malik Beasley is just such a freak athlete, man. Like, his athleticism just seems to pop every time he's out on the floor. I mean, if you're just ranking guys in in terms of pure athleticism on this Nuggets roster, Malik Beasley has to be at, you know near the top of the list.
0: I believe the 31 minutes are the most he's played since the end of his rookie year when he played 40 in the final game of the season and had a strong game that night. Um, but I think this is the most he's played since then. And Mike Mullen also added after the game that he's probably just going to ride the hot hand between Torrey Craig, Malik Beasley, and Wancho Hernan Gomez for like that 20 to 25-minute slot off the bench, like what would be, quote-unquote, their ninth man or, or uh, yeah, ninth man. Monte Morris, Trey Lyle's place in public, yeah, their ninth man. And so Wednesday in Chicago, it could be Malik Beasley's night. It could be Torrey Craig night, Craig's night. It could be Juancho's night. Who really knows? But one thing uh, that I do know about Malik Beasley is he wants to be a starter. I asked him about that after this game, and I thought he gave me some pretty interesting comments. He said, quote, it's always been a goal about being a starter. Right now, I'm behind Gary Harris. He's making me better every day. I'm a starting shooting guard who happens to play off the bench. That's how I see it. I have all the respect for Gary. I'm just going to keep working hard, and my time will come, whether it's playing with him or playing on a different team or whatever it is, I'll start someday. I don't think those comments are terribly surprising. Malik Beasley, uh, let alone, let me back up. Every player in this league, except they select few, probably want to be a starter at some point. Malik Beasley is a young kid, former first-round pick. Was he a McDonald's All-American? Whether or not he was a McDonald's All-American, he was a highly pretty highly rated recruit going into Florida State. He was a one and done there. He probably would have been a lottery pick, maybe a borderline top 10 pick if he didn't have that injury heading into the draft. He's got a lot of self-confidence, and he's got high expectations for himself and his NBA career, so I thought they were pretty interesting comments, but not terribly surprising or anything.
2: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least bit, and, and uh, you know, I have absolutely no problem with it. I mean, good for Malik Beasley, you know, having ambition, I have that ambition as long as you have the self-awareness to know that uh, Gary Harris is the guy in front of you at shooting guard. Yeah, and I was like,
0: hey, you could start the three. And he was like, oh, you're right, I could. (laughs) (laughs) The two and three are kind of interchangeable.
2: Yeah, like you probably weigh more than Will Barton. Uh, By the way, I mean, uh, you know, I've kind of like thrown that idea at some fellow media members, um, just toying around with the idea of maybe throwing Malik out there at starting small forward until Will Barton comes back. And I've gotten some, like, oh, is he big enough to do that? And I think so. Well, he's Um, only an
0: inch shorter than Torrey Craig.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty well-built guy, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I don't really see any issues size-wise. I mean, he's not that much smaller than than Torrey Craig. I mean, I'm sure there are some matchups that that aren't favorable, but, yeah, I mean, that's just how it's going to be for the Nuggets, a small forward this year.
0: But I think... What is still separating Tory Craig from Malik Beasley and take out the aspect that the nuggets are five and one right now and they've won what their last three games with Tory Craig in the starting lineup? It's that Tory Craig's been in a lot more high leverage high intensity fourth quarter moments than Malik Beasley, even though Malik has a year up on Torrey just in terms of being around the Nuggets. Torrey Craig has just played in more fourth quarters. He plays; He's played more important minutes for the Nuggets over the last year than Malik Beasley's played uh, in his time in Denver, and there's just more trust between Malone and Torrey Craig than there is with Malik Beasley. I've spoken about this before. Malik might have a slightly higher ceiling on a night-to-night basis in terms of what he can give you, but Tory is probably going to give you more consistency, and there's just more of a trust there.
2: Oh, I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Um, there's no question that Malik Beasley has you know, more just natural talent between the two, but, you know, I think you can trust Tory Craig not to, like, dribble the ball off his foot in, like, the final minute of a two-point game, a little more than Malik Beasley, too. I mean, Malik Beasley has done great this year. I mean, he's done pretty much... Everything Nuggets coaches have asked him. But yeah, Tor is is just the safer option. You're totally right about that.
0: And Malik's played really well these last two games, like I mentioned. He's led the team in plus minus against the Lakers and then against the Pelicans here on Monday. I still need to see more, though. I'm not ready after two really strong showings to say this is the Malik Beasley we're going to get from here on out this year. I still will need to see more. And obviously, Michael Malone will too. I do want to talk about the point guard play like you brought up a second ago. But first, got to tell you guys about our friends over at Total Beverage. Because what if I told you that you could order your liquor on a mobile app, have it delivered to you the same day, and save money doing it? Well, with Total Beverage, that's exactly what you can do. Because right now, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie, and they have the lowest prices in the state, plus they're locally owned and operated, so you're helping out the local guy. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $20 off a purchase of $100 or more on their website and app. If you use the promo code SPOOKY, S-P-O-O-K-Y, again, you're going to save $20 off a purchase of $100 or more for all your Halloween parties, and you can have it delivered to your door, too. So, that's a really awesome deal. As always, if you download the Total Beverage app and use promo code BSN10, you're going to get $10 off your delivery order. That's BSN10 on the Total Beverage app to get $10 off your next delivery order and promo code SPOOKY to get $20 off an order of $100 or more. All right, let's get back to this game. Monday night, the Nuggets win over the Pelicans, one sixteen, one eleven. It was an up and down night for Jamal Murray. I thought nine and nineteen from the field, twenty three points. What is kind of your takeaway from
2: his evening? Second straight game where Jamal Murray has put up pretty solid counting numbers. He had twenty three points, um, nine and nineteen shooting. I mean. He had a pretty all right night from a shot-making perspective, but I think it's pretty clear if you watch that game that he struggled to get the Nuggets into their sets at times. Um, He made a couple ball-handling mistakes at inopportune moments, and he he just continues to struggle with the finer points of point guarding. Um, That was pretty stark against the Lakers when he got ripped in Denver's backcourt like 85 feet from their own basket. That was a really glaring mistake that you just don't see often from NBA point guards. And, you know, I just don't think he did a good job of getting his team set, getting his team into the proper sets this game. We saw Michael Malone just run onto the floor and call a timeout halfway through the first quarter because Denver looked completely discombobulated. Yeah,
0: that was something you don't see too often, a coach calling a timeout in the midst of an offensive set. You know, typically you see coaches call timeouts on two types of plays, on two types of occasions. One, when the defense hits a shot and a coach wants to stop momentum or doesn't like the defense uh that his team played, or when you know, you're struggling in offense and you're bringing the ball up the court and you go take the timeout over by the coach's box you don't typically see coaches whistle for timeouts in the middle of their team's offensive set, but that's just how discombobulated, that's a perfect word to use, the Nuggets looked on offense. They were not crisp. Like you said, the Nuggets guards were not able to get their team, their unit into their sets effectively and early in the shot clock. A lot of times, they were finally getting the ball to Paul Millsap or Nicole Jokic in the post, but no, there was only a couple seconds left to work with on the shot clock. Just a not a great showing from Denver's uh, point guards, I thought, at times tonight. And just really Denver's offense as a whole was out of whack. And that possession or that half a possession that ended in a timeout uh, by Michael Malone was evidence of that and. There was some frustration for sure on the way back to the huddle. You saw Malone and Murray arguing about something that happened. You saw Murray and Jokic kind of going back and forth a little throughout the night. So the Nuggets starters just were not on the same page except for a few moments here and there in the second half. And Jamal Murray's having trouble, I guess, protecting the ball right now. Is that a good way to put it? I mean, Lonzo Ball picked his pocket a few times against uh, the the Lakers in that game on Thursday. Uh, he got the ball stolen from him once or twice a- against the Pelicans. The Nuggets are going to need better ball security from him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would just imagine the opposing team scouting report. Uh, you know, when he, Murray's name comes up, one of the key points is get in this grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw him get a little bit bothered, I think, by. The pressure Patrick Beverly put on him on opening night. Right. And we definitely saw him get bothered by the pressure Lonzo Ball put on him, uh, 94 feet picking him up. And, yeah, I, I think this was, you know, a, another instance of um, Jamal's, you know, sometimes struggling to handle the basketball under duress. Uh, the Nuggets are trying to put this game away with a, about a minute remaining. They were up 107 to 102, and Jamal Murray tried to take Tim Frazier off the dribble just lost the ball off his foot. Frazier picked it up, laid it up, and all of a sudden, it was a game again. That was a brutal sequence for Denver. I mean, really, we just saw Gary Harris at the end be like, "I, I, I got this, guys," yeah. and, and kind of, you know, take the ball in his hands and make something out of nothing. You definitely saw the frustration between Jamal and and Michael Malone tonight. You saw the frustration between Jamal and Jokic tonight. <laughs> Jokic, um, I mean, he put up impressive numbers and he was all right in stretches, but it felt like he, you know, f- floated through parts of this game too. And, you know, I think part some of that is on him and some of that is on, you know, his point guard not getting him the ball in the best spots. Yeah, the
0: Nuggets struggled to find Jokic tonight for sure on the offensive end of the floor. Like he still touched the ball plenty, but he was in facilitator mode and I didn't think he had the amount of post-ups that he should have especially looking at the front court he was going against. I mean, Jaleel Okafor and Nikola Miritich are the guys who are matched up on him most of the game. Julius Randle spent some time on him. None of those guys should be able to hold a finger to Nikola Jokic, right? Like None of those guys should be able to stop him on the block. He has his way with some of the league's best defenders on the post. I don't think any of the guys New Orleans threw at him tonight would have stood a chance. And I sp- spoke about this with a couple different guys tonight. Uh, a bunch of people brought this up. I was sitting with Adam Mars and we spoke about this. Nick Kosmider brought it up after the game. But the Nuggets get really good looks from beyond the arc when the ball goes through Nicole Jokic. When they get Nikola Jokic the ball on the block and either the defense has to double or Jokic turns and faces. They're probably going to get an open three just because the defense might leave a guy open when they go to double or Jokic is just going to find the right man and and make the right basketball play. So if the ball is going through Jokic on the block, the Nuggets are probably going to get a good three out of it. You saw that on countless occasions tonight And you got to think if he was able to get a few more touches on the block, then Denver would have got even more open threes and might have been able to hit more than 11.
2: Yeah, I thought the way Michael Malone defined good threes at shoot-around today was really interesting. Yeah, Good threes are after the Nuggets have been able to get the ball into the paint, whether that's a post-up or an offensive rebound or dribble penetration. It's really you're getting the ball inside and then moving it out. Those are the most t- efficient types of three-point shots and I totally agree with that and I think if you've played it you know basketball really at any level you, you can kind of feel that too when the ball's just being kicked out to you um, it, it's so much easier than you know even if it's just being swung along the three-point line um, so yeah I mean I, I think for the Nuggets to, to generate the best shots then they've got to get it inside a lot of times too I, I agree with that. Let's go ahead and take
0: a break real quick. Some other observations from the game on the other side. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast.
1: Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp-oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more.
2: I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink
1: coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft Coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers,
2: it does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing.
1: Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, Harrison Wind, Christian Clark here. Wrapping up this game, a 116-111 Nuggets win over the New Orleans Pelicans at Pepsi Center. I think my second biggest takeaway from tonight and my first was the play of Malik Beasley and the question that might be looming over this team if he continues to play like this, if they should put him in that starting lineup at the three. But the other thing that I really came away with tonight was the play of Gary Harris, and he's been great on both ends of the floor throughout this year. I felt like he had another really good defensive game tonight. He had two steals. I feel like he should have been credited with at least three or four, but his play throughout the entire game, but more specifically in the fourth quarter, was incredible. He had nine points. In the fourth quarter, was four of nine from the field. No one else on Denver took more than four shots in the final period. Um, He's developing into a closer for this team, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that shot he had against Drew Holiday in the fourth quarter where he drove it, you know, kind of towards the hoop. He, He stopped on a dime and just knocked Drew Holiday off the path with his shoulder. Drew Holiday went flying back like five feet, and Gary yeah. just calmly turned around and, and dropped in that jumper. Drew Holiday is one of the strongest guards in the league. He's an absolute freaking beast. So for for Gary to just move him out of the way like that kind of tells you just how strong and on balance Gary is. I mean, he he's an exceptional athlete. His demeanor just never changes, man. I mean, I I, I think that's part of why he, he's been really good in these tight moments is because he probably feels the freaking same as when they're like two minutes into the game. Right. I mean, if you he, You if, can't rattle him.
0: If you had to pick a perimeter player right now to get you a bucket in an ISO situation, Gary Harris is the choice 10 times out of 10. We've seen Jamal Murray struggle a little bit this year again to – get loose and shake his defenders, whether that's an opposing guard or a big even. Will Barton might be a candidate for that, but he's on the shelf right now, and the Nuggets don't really have any other ball handlers that are that type of creator in ISO situations. Gary is the easy choice, and I think it's a role that the Nuggets want him to fill, and I think it's also one He's really beginning to embrace this season. I think it's going to be something we see time and time again throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs as well if Denver makes it. Gary Harris getting the ball late in games and the Nuggets trusting
2: him to make the right decision. Gary's averaging 20 points per game on an even 50% shooting. He's doing that even though he's only making 27% of his three-point shots. I mean, Gary has been a guy, you know, the last two seasons who, if you average him out, it comes out right to 40. I mean, I think there's enough sample size to tell you that Gary Harris is going to be a 40% shooter over the long haul. So it's been really impressive for him to put up these numbers this efficiently when his three ball isn't falling. He's been so good from those mid-range spots in the floor. I mean, he had a couple... You know, clutch mid range buckets in that game against the Clippers on opening night. Overall, he's shooting 62% from the mid range zones on the floor, according to Cleaning the Glass. That's an elite mark. I mean, that's not going to hold like that over the long haul, but I do think we've seen growth in his in between game even more than last season.
0: Yeah, and he was really looking to attack at every turn tonight. He. Was probably the most valuable player for Denver, if you had to name one. Maybe Paul Millsap was second. Maybe Nikola Jokic or Malik Beasley were third. I mean, we talked about how Nikola had a quiet night. Still comes within a rebound of a triple-double. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. So he was really facilitating. And when you looked at his assists, how many did he have in the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah, 3 in the 4th quarter like I thought. A lot of those were on kickouts like we talked about a few minutes earlier to three-point shooters. Anything else from tonight's
2: game? Um I thought Gary had some pretty funny quotes, you know, people were asking him like, "Well, you, you know, guys are winning, but you but you're not playing your best." Um Gary said, "There are a lot of areas we can improve on, but we keep getting these wins. That's the point of it all, to win." <laughs> well said. <laughs> He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong at all. Um Gary
0: is very short with the media, but he's always very punctual. You can you can, ne- you can never say he's not punctual. I think that's all we got for tonight. Again, the Nuggets win 116-111 over the Pelicans. They move to 5 and 1 on the year 4 and 0 at home. If you guys have questions for the pod, questions about this game, takes that you're looking to get off, Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. If you've never called before, all it is is an answering machine, so leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave a message for the show. We'll play it, and we'll give you our reaction. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode soon. Talk with you then.